All right, welcome back to the latest and greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Brandon, and we've got football, football, football this Thursday and Saturday. <laughs> so you get to be fat and lazy while watching the Lions and being depressed this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that supposed to be your monster jam voice? Uh, it was something, a mix of that, and I don't know. <laughs> I miss those old commercials as a kid, but Pontiac Silverdome. <laughs> I love, I always think whenever I hear that voice, that type of voice of when Family Guy made fun of it, it's mm-hmm. just like, do you like loud trucks? Do you like smoking? Do you like smoking and watching loud trucks? Then come inside <laughs> where it's okay to smoke inside still and watch trucks being really loud. <laughs> Oh man, so obnoxious, but uh, not as obnoxious as Lions football. Am I right? Oh, yeah, oh man. So, yeah, we get to talk about uh, what happened with the Lions this past weekend, what didn't happen, and you know, actually, before jumping into it, I think I might say this every year, but I feel like I need to say it. This might be like uh, the most favorite time of the year for me and the least favorite time of the year for me. I just enjoy that football is on TV all the time. I just love the fact that I know that I'm getting Thursday and Friday off because with Christmas and new years, you never know where it's going to fall. But with Thanksgiving, it's always dependable for giving you Thursday and Friday off. But then also it's a little two faced because Usually it means that Michigan is going to lose to Ohio state. (laughs) So it also sucks at the same time, but I regress. We're going to talk more about that later. Brandon, do you have anything fun and amazing to talk about with the lines? Oh, not really. Cause I'm going to admit, I didn't really watch much of the game. I missed most of the first half, I guess. Oh, we went to a movie. We took my daughter to a movie. So, I didn't get to watch most of the first half, and I didn't really miss much. I was going to say, I bet you were so disappointed. <laughs> well, the final score of it was 13-10 to 10 Browns. Yeah, what the heck was wrong with the Browns? <laughs> I don't know. Lions defense played pretty decent. Yeah. I'll give them that. Um, Tim Boyle got the start because Jared Goff was hurt, and he went 15 for 23 for 77 yards. How? Can- yes, 77 uh, I mean, I know he's the backup, but man, how was it? How? I don't know. And he had two interceptions. Like, dude, he, he threw 15 times. <laughs> you couldn't even break 100. Did you see that thing that we got tagged in on Twitter? Um, About uh, third down passes. Oops, where'd he go? I got to find it now. Uh, our friend Jason tagged us in it. Oh, no, I don't think I saw it, but um, real quick, while you try to find that, um, so Boyle was already throwing for five yards a pass Ugh. on completions. Gross. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is a little chart thing that talks about QB aggressiveness on third down with five to ten to go. Mm-hmm. And so it's the percent of throws that are at least to the first down marker. 
Baker Mayfield leads everyone with over 70% of his passes going at least to the first down marker. Okay. And and then it kind of like slowly goes down, a nice little decline down and everything. And then it hits uh, Carr, and then it gets to dead last, and it plummets <laughs> to about 15% Jared for, Goff. for Jared Goff. Yeah, I guess I did see that that, that chart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, dude! Like, <laughs> what in the world? Oh god! And I know, like, the Lions have like the worst receiving core in a league, but at on. least throw it far enough. We got guys who are fast, at least. Yeah. Like, Khalif Raymond's fast. I don't know. It's a joke. Um, <laughs> I guess one of the bright spots is DeAndre Swift had. 14 carries for 136 yards and a touchdown. He was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hawkinson had six receptions for 51 yards. So the rest of the team ended up getting, what, 26 yards total? <laughs> That's pretty pathetic. That's very um, pathetic. Will Harris and Austin Bryant combined to get a half a sack each. Whoop. Yeah, so one sack. <laughs> they had to share. Uh, Amani Orowarie and AJ Parker both had interceptions. Uh, Baker Mayfield went 15 for 29 for 176, a touchdown and two interceptions. Nick Chubb had 22 carries for 130 yards. And then Denzel Ward had an interception. And yeah, I mean, from what I saw, they kept talking about how this week, how Boyle has a really strong arm. Like, oh, he's got a cannon for an arm. And uh, we might see some more throws downfield. Like, dude, he was skipping them in the grass in front of guys. Mm-hmm. Like, my gosh. It made me think of, like, I remember my dad telling me that when Andre Ware was drafted by the Lions. And, you know, they had to hear about how great of a passer he was, but he was always bouncing the passes in the dirt in front of the guys. <laughs> And so it made me think of it. I'm like, this must have been what it was like to watch Andre Ware quarterback the Lions. Dude, it made me think of um, Rookie of the Year. And after he, like, his arm blows out. Yeah, went back to normal and how bad he was throwing. That's what some of those passes made me think of. I think I'd rather have Gary Busey out there throwing the ball. (laughs) Gary Busey! As Chet Stedman. Uh, yeah, Gary Busey in his current state, completely and utterly insane. Um, yeah, I kind of hope if Goff can't play on Thursday that they just decide to go with Blau. Even yeah. though Blau kind of blows. Uh, well, it's not like anybody is doing a really good job, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to get into the preview for the Lions? Yeah, let's do it because I'm so excited. Yeah, I mean, we can't really spend too much time on the Lions because who cares at this <laughs> point? Uh, so they play the Bears on their annual Thanksgiving game at 1230. Uh, it's on Fox. Um, I don't know, this game, I'm kind of getting a feeling that this might be the Lions' first win. I say that and I'll probably jinx them. They'll probably get blown out like 35 to 10. <laughs> but... um. So the Bears are without David Montgomery, their best running back. Mm-hmm. Um, 
They are also without Khalil Mack, who's their best defensive player. And Justin Fields isn't going to play. It's going to be Andy Dalton. So, I don't know. It's just like... The stars are aligning. But at the same time, it's like all these reasons why the Lions could probably win, so that means they'll lose. I mean, being an Lions fan has taught me anything. (sighs) But I'm not really expecting a high-scoring game in this. I mean... I get to the point where I get so sick and tired of seeing the Bears play the Lions because those games are never exciting. Mm-hmm. They're always like defensive struggles where neither team, or like, I say defensive struggles, but I also mean offensive struggles where neither team can score a touchdown. They just kick a whole bunch of field goals. Yeah. And it's just boring. Like, I don't want to watch that crap. And I also get really tired of the Lions playing an NFC North team on thanksgiving can we mix it up every once in a while like i don't know can they play the chargers or something or the seahawks you know or even like the jets like just a team that the lions haven't played in a while Mm -hmm. like throw them in there like why does it always have to be the packers the vikings or the bears on thanksgiving i hate that too and then every once in a while they'll throw someone in here let's play the patriots so we can get you know, slammed 42 to 10. And then the national media has talked about how the Lions shouldn't get to play on Thanksgiving, even though they were the ones that invented the Thanksgiving game. Yeah. Uh, the good old Lions on Turkey yeah. Day. Gobble, gobble. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it's a tradition. You eat three helpings of food and feel like you're going to die. And then you fall. watch the Lions and they lose and embarrass you for yeah, being you fall, a fan. You fall asleep, take a nap, wake up, and realize they lost like expected. Yeah, and then you you wake up and the Cowboys are playing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And you could you couldn't care less about that either. So that he take another nap. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, let's get into the main event here. The main event. Saturday's main event. Uh, yeah, so looking back, we get to talk about the Maryland game, which was a pretty decent performance. Granted, the whole entire time while I was watching it, I was thinking about how easily Ohio State would be able to destroy Michigan with what <laughs> Michigan was doing. Same. Um, but, uh, but there was some good stuff. So, um, I mean, they scored, uh, in every facet of the game, they scored on defense, on special teams and on offense. Uh, they ran it, they passed it. Um, they bobbled it and they got a bunch of touchdowns with the final score 59 to 18. Um, both, uh, McNamara and McCarthy saw a time again this week. Uh, Edwards, man, he, uh, He had himself a game. Where was the uh, stat line for this? Not that one, sorry. Edwards had three catches for... Wait a minute, that's not right. Was I thinking of somebody else? That can't be right. It says eight yards. I thought he had... um, Oh, sorry. Diamond, That's rushing. It is rushing. Yeah, I was he had looking 10 at receptions rushing. for 170 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I thought rushing was uh, his passing, receiving stats. I was like, what? No, what? 
I thought he had more rushing than that, though, anyways. Anyways, yeah, he, he had himself a day with the 10 receptions on 170 receiving yards with uh, a touchdown. How about Sandra still? Yeah. One reception for 13 yards, and it was amazing catch for a touchdown. Well, then <laughs> even, that up. And then even uh, Anthony had a, a heck of a play. Yeah. So wide receivers stepping up. Uh, hey, hey, heck of a play. <laughs> Schoonmaker uh, got the first touchdown pass too. So I mean, all in all, it was it was a good, good game. But of course, with everybody having watched Ohio State absolutely obliterate Michigan State beforehand, was being critical on everything that Michigan did. Oh yeah. So rightfully so. Yeah. That speaking of the Michigan State Ohio State game, I was actually out shopping with my family and i'm like oh yeah michigan state's playing ohio state i wonder how that's going it was halftime and i looked at my phone it was 42 to nothing and i just burst out laughing (laughs) yeah yep and that's the team that michigan lost to yeah so that makes that makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside (laughs) (laughs) oh man um but But yeah 59 to 18 over maryland yeah so i mean it's what Michigan it's what you wanted to see from the game before this weekend you know you wanted to see the offense come out and do well you wanted to see the defense do well there are obvious errors in different places but really honestly uh, a lot more complete of a team performance than what you saw in the week prior um, against Penn State as totally for sure Um, so I don't really know that means a whole lot because Michigan likes to jump around a lot between like, oh, they look really good. Uh, they don't really look that great and back and forth. But um, but yeah, the team did a heck of a job. And uh, I thought there was something about Maryland I was going to mention. There were a couple times that um, – they got a little burned by Maryland. There were a couple times that they got lucky that they didn't have better athletes and a more accurate quarterback because yeah. uh, they could have put up more than 18 points. But I don't think I have anything too much to break down because I know I'm going to have plenty to talk about with the OSU game coming up. Brandon, did you have anything else more to say about Maryland before we get into voicemails? Uh, Not really because I didn't get the watch. Um, a lot of the game. Oh yeah, you were at. The yeah, I game. was. I went to the Michigan hockey game against uh, Notre Dame instead, which they lost in overtime. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. I don't know. I saw some of, and I listened to some of it on the radio. You know, because the friend I went with, him and his dad are both Michigan fans, so I got to watch some of it at their house, and then we listened to it on the way to the game. So. Yeah. Yeah. Rock. Well, uh, yeah, saving some time for later. We will keep moving on. We'll hit the voicemails up before going into the OSU game. So here we go. We've got two voicemails. What's going on, fellas? So this is what I want to talk about, man. I'm on Twitter, and for some reason, a lot of these Michigan State, uh, I'm sorry, Michigan fans, uh, uh, already talking about Old State. 
and how if they can keep the game closed. Guys like Sam Webb, you know, certain fans, Tom, I, you know, y'all don't, y'all know I don't, y'all don't allow me to go after certain accounts, but the Michigan has some of the most toxic fans. Now, I complained about Michigan, but it's mostly been because bad players and bad coaches. I'm not scared every game like a lot of these fans. For some reason, you got fans talking about, well, well, let's just keep it respectful. Man, listen, first of all, Michigan State has the 130th ranked pass defense in America and various parts of Canada. So, if you look at that, I think it's 136 FBS teams. Michigan State is better than six of them at being the worst. If that doesn't make sense. And Michigan State has the 112th ranked overall defense. Michigan's like top 15, top 10. What is that to be, man? Yes, both states put up 49 in the first half. They ain't really done a lot in the second half. They might have scored. I just came from the gas station. But come on, man. What, where's the pride? Like, why are Michigan fans so scared of another team? Just because they haven't seen them win. I've seen Michigan beat those beat states many times. I've seen it. I'm 40. I've seen it. It's just it's like these two fans got to see it, and they'll still complain like next year. Old State is young. But people will complain next year because the game is at Columbus. As if Michigan can play them at Ann Arbor every year. Like, this is one of the worst fan bases ever, man. Like People are literally complaining, comparing Michigan State to Michigan. Kenneth Walker, man, man, the referees cheated and helped them state. What part don't people understand? And Michigan State had a bad secondary. Michigan secondary ain't bad. CJ Stroud, they gonna be doing the same stuff against the Michigan D line. Like I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm flabbergasted, man. I don't even like using words with four syllables this early on a Saturday. But man, it's like yo, what y'all, y'all, y'all really up here giving O State the game already, and, and it's it's two twenty two the week before the game, like man. Man, I, I mean, I'm calling some of the Michigan fans out after they win. Ain't no if after Michigan wins, because Michigan's winning that game. Have some pride in your team or go root for somebody else. Go blue. All right, Stephen, thank you for the voicemail. Um, I, you're, you have every right to think and feel that way, but at the same time, there's every right to think and feel the other way because, I mean, this isn't the first year – that um, you've thought that Michigan was going to be at Ohio State. I mean, same goes for us. We've had other years that we've thought Michigan was going to be at Ohio State, but that didn't happen. I mean, this is kind of one of those things where it's like, what has recent history shown us mm-hmm. and what what can you expect to happen? So, I mean, eventually, like if, if Michigan do, did does wind up losing – the Michigan fan base is going to be leaning on the side of insanity because what is insanity doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And all they, all Michigan does is go against Ohio state and lose. And so to be thinking that the results are going to be different is leaning on the brink of insanity. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, Steven, you are totally, and uh, hey, we've been wrong, and I've been totally okay with being wrong, but I'm just looking at things. I'm a fan. I want them to win. Now, and this is, I I don't want to dive in too deep to it, 
because uh, we'll get to it after the, the second voicemail. But this is why I've always, this is why I've been saying throughout almost the entire year. I believe in this team. I know this team uh, is different, and I know this team is capable of beating anyone on their schedule. The thing that is the factor, the X factor between winning and losing is this coaching staff. Yeah. And I have a lot more faith in the defense than I do the offense. And that's that basically is it right there. Oh, yeah. So, Brandon, anything uh, before I do the second voicemail? No, I agree with you. Um, and, you know, I'm not a new Michigan fan. Like, I remember Michigan beating Ohio State quite a few times. Um, I remember vividly the game, you know, with you know, David Boston going up against Charles Woodson and, you know, the interception, the big interception by Woodson and that. And like, I remember all that. I remember not being too worried about Ohio state, but knowing that they were always a good program and, you know, having more faith in Michigan. It's just, it's one of those, what have you done for me lately? Kind of things. And like so many times we've been, Oh, this could be the year. or Oh, Michigan's going to, have a fighting chance this time and I don't know, once bitten twice shy, I guess. Well, part of the thing too is just like it was the worst coordination or coincidence ever that Ohio State took because because before Trestle before Urban Meyer, mm-hmm. Michigan and Ohio State were uh, okay. Well, during the Jim Trestle period, Lloyd Carr. Michigan and Ohio State were were on the same level. Yep. Lloyd Carr left. Michigan took a obvious step back, if not multiple steps back. Then when um, Trestle left, uh, there was the hiccup year with um, Fickle. But then Meyer came in, and Ohio State obviously took a step forward. Yep. So now there's not just one level difference. There's two level difference. Uh, Brady Ho came in and brought Michigan back up to where it was, where it's just like, okay, you know, we're, we're winning games. We're supposed to, you know, this, I mean, there, there was a little regression and everything, but he took a step in the right direction. Um, Jim Harbaugh kind of inched it a little bit further and everything, but it's very obvious that Ohio state still for the longest time has been on a different level than Michigan has. I mean, they have they have not lost. Ryan Day has not lost to a Big Ten team in like two and a half years. What other outside of the national champion Alabama teams that keep going on, and even them, they lose. They lose like a conference game like every other year. Yeah, every once in a while they'll lose to Auburn. Yeah. So I've got some other things to say about that, but, um, but yeah, there, there is an obvious, uh, separation there that still needs to be, um, closed. Now that doesn't mean that just because Ohio state's on another level doesn't mean that Michigan can't beat them. Yeah. And cause I'm in the same boat as you, like, I believe that the talent is there. Like we have a very talented team. I believe that the talent is there. It's the coaching and mostly the offensive like play calling. Yeah. Like if there's that much faith, it's cause see, like that was the thing is just like 
this team had that Michigan State game. Like, I don't care what you say about officiating. Sure, yeah, it was awful. Coaching could have overcome that. Easily could have overcome that, but it didn't. So if it couldn't get that done, I don't understand what makes you think and uh, makes you so confident that it's going to get done against Ohio State. Mm -hmm. So, but again, more more about that here in a little bit. Uh, Let's go ahead and do this second voicemail. Fellas, y'all know what it is, man. So, this is Monday. Monday closer to the game. And and this is really directed towards a lot of old state fans. Because you all, they all, they doing all this talking, man, about what they did to Michigan State, how Michigan better be ready, how Michigan secondary. Man, Michigan got the number, like, I think nine great defense in America, while old state number 44. They, they can't possibly believe that Michigan's offense, and, and this is for a lot of Michigan Michigan bloggers too, because before the season, y'all remember, I'm, I'm one of the only ones that knew they were going to be better based on the staffing tape. Like, we, I don't have to say those guys' names again. They suck. Michigan got better coaches. Point blank period. When you get better coaches who can develop, you, you, you see what happens. But you got these guys who, are, who, who keep trying to find reasons to believe Michigan can win. Michigan's going to win. They're just going to. Look at that offense now, how they're clicking. Ohio well, State scored 56 points. Michigan, man, Donovan Edwards out there as a wide receiver. Got Donovan freaking Edwards. Mike Sanders. I mean, it's just, I mean, Corum coming back. Man, listen, I'm not worried about Ohio State. They're, are they good? Yes. That defense is not that good. Ohio State is number 44 in the country for a reason. Oregon beat them for, without their best two players, not just one player, but their two best players for a reason. All these people talking about CJ Strauss and win the Heisman. They wanted him benched after that Oregon game. He ain't winning no Heisman. He definitely ain't going to do it against Michigan. Man, man, listen. I'm telling y'all. Not having those former coaches does a lot. Not having them does a lot. I'm not wor- I'm not saying whole state ain't good. But I'm saying I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm more focused on Michigan making adjustments and how old state going to stop Michigan's offense. Same as Steven with the confidence and doubling down. Uh, hey man, uh, I, everybody's waiting for it. It's the game and you know, uh, all of it's going to be laid out there. So we're, we're going to see, I just, uh, I, I think now I'm just going to kind of like build and then talk about any, any of the things that I, um, kind of pertain to the upcoming Ohio state game and everything, but it's just like, as I said, recent history has not shown us a whole lot to say, Hey, you know, this is going to be different. I mean, so for instance, it's just like, okay, we have a better secondary. Um, 
but they've been exposed a little bit against lesser athletes against mm-hmm. lesser quarterbacks, nothing terrible, nothing awful and everything, but it's just like, it's there. So there's some concerns. Um, you know, this, this team, uh, uh, I still go back to, you know, that Michigan lost to Michigan state. I mean, they lost Mi- Michigan mm-hmm. lost, uh, and that they had the opportunity to win, but they didn't. And then Ohio state just absolutely obliterated that team. Now, granted, as Steven said, Ohio's state's strength was Michigan State's weakness. Yeah. But part of Michigan's strength is its passing game, and they still put up – Ohio State put up more passing yards in the first half than McNamara put up the entire game. <laughs> so it's just like, why, if that was being so successful, did Michigan not do more of what was being successful? Yeah. One word. Coaching. Coaching. Yes, Exactly. It's just like, that's the reason why. Now, years past, usually probably around 2015, 16, I think kind of after that, I stopped saying it. I was just like, oh, man, you know, I, you know they're probably going to have these plays and they're going to come out <laughs> and they're going to open up the playbook. Yeah, guess what? That never happened. I mean, what? I think maybe some Ohio State games, we saw two different plays that you never saw before. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, but yeah, so as I said, the offense side of the ball is where I'm just I'm kind of scratching my head. Now Gaddis has been with Michigan since 2019. The Michigan Ohio State game didn't happen last year, as we are all very well familiar with. But then in 2019, Michigan put up 27 points, and Ohio State put up 56. Yep. You know, speed and space. And all that. Um, granted, this offense is better. I, I can agree with that and everything. But if this turns into a shootout, Michigan is not going to win. Michigan is not built that way. Ohio State is built that way. Exactly. That's exactly what I said on Saturday night. Like, if it comes to a shootout, that's a game that Michigan can't win. Yeah. Like, if if the winning team has to score more than 40 points, Michigan is going to lose. Um, if Michigan, uh, like if Michigan has to score like 30 some odd points, you know, you know, m- m- maybe, you know, maybe, I mean, there have been, uh, where is this? I had this down here. Michigan has scored more like above 40 points three times this year, 59 against Maryland, 63 against Northern Illinois and 47 against Western Michigan. What do all those three teams have in common? They're not very good. Mm-hmm. Ohio State, where'd we go here, has scored over 40 points, has not scored over 40 points. So this is scoring less than 40 points. Has That has only happened to them three times this year. They only scored 28 against Oregon. They only scored 33 against Penn State and 26 against Nebraska. All the other games were above 40 points, most of them being above 50 points. So, yeah. Now, granted, again, and and they've even acknowledged this, Ohio State has not seen a defense quite like Michigan's yet. Closest one was probably Oregon, and again, and Stephen pointed out, too, Oregon was missing players. But another thing to point out with that as well is that Stroud is a completely different player now 
than he was in that Oregon game. Like he did, he did look bad and they rightfully did express concern about him and his position calling for him to be out. You know, that's one thing, but he, he did not perform well at all. No. Uh, what, what did he do? He went 35 for 54, uh, still put up 300 or 484 yards, but he had three touchdowns, one interception and his passes were bad. Like it was bad. I remember watching that game and I was just like, oh man, you know, this, this could be the year. Like if this, if this is the quarterback that Michigan has to face off against, this could be the year, but Hey, guess what? Ohio state does what Ohio state does. And they continue to get better throughout the entire year. Michigan, on the other hand, kept getting better, kept getting better. And then they're just like, oh wait, it's Michigan state week. Yeah. Let's go ahead and crap the bet. <laughs> so let's come out unprepared. Yeah, so that uh, no, they came out prepared. They had a really good first half, but then again, when it comes to coaching and then second half adjustments, I have no idea what they were thinking. They only scored ten points in the second half. Yep, they had twenty three points. They scored ten points in the second half against that terrible Michigan State defense. I don't care about too much about how many points they let up, even though it was god awful what the defense allowed and everything. But that lack in offense in the second half, that is where I'm coming up with this concern for this Ohio State game. Again, like I said, and I'm hammering this home because it's not like, I mean, I don't know exactly what Steven refers to with what he says with some of the fans and everything. I'm completely honest. You know, this team has done a thousand times better than I really anticipated you know, that just mainly changing the offensive coordinator was, or the defensive coordinator was going to do, you know, they, they made vast improvements. I can't remember exactly what my win total was, uh, but I think it was probably seven or eight or something like that, but Hey, kudos to the them. Great. Happy for, I believe in the capability of this team, this coaching staff on the offensive side though, is the X factor. I don't know how many times I can say that, but I mean, that's really where it comes down to. Yeah. And I can't remember how many wins I had picked too, but it was even less than what you had. Um, And it was based on last year. So I didn't expect much and I didn't think just the slight changes in the coaching staff was going to really, you know, change everything, but you know, it's proven that it has. And, you know, at the same time, kind of like you're saying, too, like, I don't, I think this team is good. Like, I know that they're different than what they have been in the past. And I think they do have all the talent that they could go out and, you know, make this game close, you know, possibly steal one. But at the end of the day, it's like, I don't have much faith in this offense. And it's not even the talent, it's the coaching decisions and the play calling. Yeah, I mean, how many times can we see a run up the middle? Yes, stubborn. It's, stubborn. It's incredibly frustrating. Like, let's do, you know, two runs up the middle and then a short swing pass and then punt it. Like, yeah. With all the offensive talent that they have and the speed on the outside and everything. And, you know, it's not like McNamara can't throw the ball because he shows he's shown that he can, and he's very smart with the ball. The guy's only thrown two interceptions all season. Mm-hmm. And he threw like, he played an amazing game against Michigan state. Yeah. 
Uh, but then in that second half, I do not know exactly what happened. Now, of course, he was off the field, and they were saying that he was going through some kind of an injury or whatever that was, and then the McCarthy debacle and, like, just 50 million different other things, I guess. But, yeah, I just – Yeah, the the runs up the middle over and over and over, and it's like our friend Jason said, it's less like speed and space and more like asses and molasses. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Let's, now, let's hand it to Haskins like 30 times a game. And, you know, in the second half, he's averaging like three yards a carry, two yards a carry. And see, that's the thing that's super disappointing about this. Like, is that this team should be 11 and 0. Oh, yeah. It should be, but it's not because of coaching. Like, yeah. it, this team was let down by its coaching in that Michigan state game. Um, and you can say whatever you want. I mean, like there were, I mean, it was defense, offense, head coach. It was, it was all coaching. Like there were just things where it's just like, look, dude, you needed to make adjustments and you didn't, your players were out there doing a heck of a job. Yes. You know, they're going to make mistakes too, but you did not, they were not set up for success. No, not at all. The way that this, coaching staff has been is that Michigan is going to have to play basically like a perfect game on Saturday unless something crazy happens. And this, uh, the defense has made, a, an amazing game plan for the, for Saturday and the offense comes out with something new and that they, they go and they try to obliterate Ohio state instead of just getting the lead and then playing not to lose it, which is exactly what happened against Michigan state. Yep they will have to play a perfect game for this to, for a win to be possible. Yeah. The defense is going to have to get some turnovers. Yeah. And they're going to have to get three and outs and they're going to have to, you know, get pressure and make uh shroud uncomfortable and all this other stuff. Yeah. But, but yeah, this team, um, as I said, unfortunately really should be, 11 and 0 and that just that just really sucks and I'll go I'm gonna venture off here a little bit I don't know if I really should but um it got me thinking you know I was I I talked a a few weeks ago and everything about how it's just like you know a little frustration with Harbaugh where it's just like hey look you know and I still do believe it like I like Harbaugh I wish he had more success uh against Ohio State but it is what it is he's still a good coach He's still been successful. I mean, he's been putting up 10 win seasons where, you know, a decade or more before that, you know, there was maybe one or two 10 win seasons and he's done it. What three going on four now, I believe. So he's doing a good job, but here, here are the things that I struggle with where, where is it? I had, so here are the things that I struggle with. Uh, The Michigan state loss this year um 2020 i'm not gonna even really touch 2019 56 to 27 to ohio state um 2018 62 to 39 to ohio state uh losing 14 to 10 to michigan state in 2017 um, do mm-hmm. that one couldn't really do a whole lot about 2016 losing 14 to 13 to Iowa 
losing 33 to 32 to Florida State. Um, I'm not even going to touch 2015 because, I mean, that year, first year is, uh, I thought was a really good result. But that's the thing where it's just like there are these losses where you're left scratching your head on being like, what the heck happened? Like, where I know, like, even Ohio State has sometimes dealt with it through the decades and everything, but it's just like, where, why are these stupid losses coming? Because there are other losses in there too that I didn't mention where it's just like, yeah, sometimes there were just a better team. But then there are those stupid losses. But then what I think is probably the worst part of it all is that not only has Michigan, because again, I've said Ohio State is on another level. I don't want to, I'm not using that really as an excuse. I'm just using that as a little bit of perspective because as I said, Alabama national championship, Alabama, like almost every other year gets beat by SEC teams like Auburn and other rivalries and things like that. They lose to other teams, but somehow Michigan, Ohio state is untouchable by Michigan which is on the side of ridiculousness. But it goes even further than that because not only are they untouchable, Michigan gets embarrassed. That, I think, is the worst part. Because it's just like, okay, you know, if Michigan could compete, you know, you know, even if they lose, you know, at least you're, you know, you're showing that you belong on the same field as Ohio State. Outside of 2016, I don't even know if that's really the case, has been the case in a long time. Because Michigan just gets run off the field and mm-hmm. they get embarrassed. So that, that I think are that and the stupid losses are the things that just hurt Harbaugh so much. Now, as I said, you know, looking at the season and what they were able to turn around from what the catastrophe of 2020 was and what it is now impressed, happy with it. Obviously like if uh, the win can happen this weekend, that just like, blows things out of the water where it's, you know, just an amazing season. But I kind of got sidetracked there a little bit with Harbaugh and his coaching as a whole. But with, again, with this Ohio State stuff, it's just like, what what's the track record? What, what shows itself to be different this year that says that Michigan should win? Okay, so we have a new defensive coach. Okay, well, that talks about defensive stuff. Gaddis is still here. What about the offense? And Harbaugh is more involved offensively than defensively. So I just don't see it. I don't see all that stuff there lining up for an obvious win. Like this is not going to be easy, as I've said, where Michigan has to go for perfection unless something comes completely comes out of left field. Like uh, we were talking about, uh, Brandon and I, with some other people we know, where basically it's like maybe they have to take the Lions approach where uh, when they played Stafford and just try not to let them have the ball and do all these trick plays and, you know, fake punts and all this other stuff so that they can have the ball more often. Yeah, trying to catch them off guard. Yeah, but I don't know. And I, I always go back to it. This team can do it. Can this coaching staff? Yeah. So. That's a big question, Mark. But, uh, I mean, like, key things, obviously, yeah, our secondary, uh, our passing defense is better, but part of that is tied directly to the 
uh, pass rush with Ajabo and Hutchinson. Yeah. And Ohio State, Day is an offensive coach. Ohio State has been able to make players uh, non-factors. And so that's that's something that I could totally see where Hutchinson and Ajabo don't even become a factor in this game. Um, and I would hate to see it, but if anybody could do it, it would probably be Ohio State. So that's something that uh, needs to be taken into account. Um, they shut down Walker completely. So Michigan really needs to be like, okay, hey, running is our strong suit, but we really need to open up the passing plays mm-hmm. and then work on the running plays. But again, Michigan coaching stubbornness. We're a running team. This is our identity. That's the thing that I hate about this so much is just like, this is Michigan's identity. Who cares what Michigan's identity is? Attack the other person's weakness. They don't do that enough. And so again, why am I supposed to believe that all of a sudden for this game, they pull their heads out of their butts and they're like, oh, hey, here's an obvious weakness. Let's try to capitalize on this. No, most of the time, almost like week in and week out, they're like, we're really good at running the ball. So we're going to run the ball nine out of 10 times. And then we're going to think about passing it. Oh, and by the way, when we run it, we can only run it up the middle because that's like <laughs> a, a law and cannot be undone. Right. Exactly. <sighs> so see where all like my frustration and like angst comes from is from coaching side. Because again, like <laughs> these players have it, like they've got the talent and I, I believe they can do it, but they're not the ones out there coming up with these schemes and everything. And I, uh, you know, the, the players can say anything and everything they want this week. I've been trying not to pay attention to it, mm-hmm. but it's just like, you guys can say whatever you want, but if your coaches don't set you up for success, then you guys are going to have a heck of a time trying to take down Ohio State. Yeah. My dad always told me that football coaches are the most stubborn people in the world. Yeah, I believe it. They'll just keep running the same stupid play over and over and over. It doesn't work because they think it will. Mm-hmm. All right, we did it four times in a row. They're never going to expect us to do it five. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, well, I, I could keep going on and on. I I think I basically touched on the, the most uh, crucial parts there, but it's just like, you know, that, that is what it is. We still, we still have to get to score predictions and stuff. Gosh. <laughs> yep. What, uh, you got anything else or? No, I don't think so. I'm ready for scores and stuff. Okay. All right. Well, we'll jump right into it and we'll start off with the most exciting Lions. Lions and Bears. The Bars. Um, I said at the beginning of this, I have a feeling that the Lions might get their first win here. And I'm going to stick with that. I still don't know if, if Goff is going to play. I honestly, I don't know if I want him to play or if I want them to put him blow. I, I don't know. I just have a feeling maybe that Swift will have a good enough game that he'll get the scoring done for him. <laughs> Running the ball. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a very high scoring one. So the Lions winning 17 to 13 in a snooze fest. A, a post Thanksgiving coma snooze fest. 
Oh, well, I am right there with you because, <clears throat> man, you know, uh, if the Lions got one win this year, I kind of want it to come on Thanksgiving, however ugly it may be. So I am thinking that <laughs> it is going to be hideous. And I'm going to go with um, the Lions 16 and the Bears 9. <laughs> I could see it. Pickfest 2021. <laughs> I cannot believe that the over-under for this game is 41 and a half. Right? I don't get that either. <laughs> it's like, what is I almost Vegas used it for my lock of the week, but I like uh, to try to pick non-Lions games for that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I uh, Maybe Vegas knows something I don't. Usually they do, so... Uh, moving on to the game, uh, Michigan hosting Ohio State. Uh, AP poll number eight, Michigan, number five, Ohio State. Um, playoff rankings, that would be five, Michigan, against number two, Ohio State. Michigan is the currently eight-point underdog. The over-under. Seven and a half last time I saw but that was on Saturday right after the game. Yeah, I think it started at seven, then it went to seven and a half pretty quickly. And la- I checked like an hour or two ago and it was eight. So um, the over under is 64 and a half. Yeah, so they're kind of looking at shootout a little bit. So, um, man, I, as I said, I'm, if, Ohio State scores over 40 points. I'm expecting Michigan to lose. Yeah. That That's probably going to essentially turn into a shootout, and Michigan is not really built for that. Uh, or at least they've, they've not shown that. There's been nothing. I mean, the closest thing they had to a shootout was Michigan State, and we all know how that finished. Um, so I am going to go with... Oh... Uh, To know if I wanted to say that. Uh, I'm going to go Michigan 34, Ohio State 42. Dang. So pretty close game. Yeah. I guess I'm, I'm pretty close to that. Um, like you said, I feel the same way too. If we get down to a shootout with Ohio State, that's a game we can't win. This offense is not built it's funny, they, they always just speed in space, but it's not built for, like, quick scoring. It's more, you know, if Michigan can have some long, sustained drives, eat up some clock, you know, effectively run the ball, you know, get some good passes in there, and, you know, wear down that defense until they're exhausted and, and get that offense cold of Ohio State. Like, that's... But that's going to be the key. That's going to be how Michigan wins this game. And if the defense can step up and maybe get a couple turnovers, that's really going to help. Um, but I don't know. I just... The the over-under being up that, that high uh, is it's a definite possibility, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You know, my score is pretty similar to yours. I got Ohio State 42, Michigan 27. 
And again, prove me wrong. Please prove me wrong. Yeah. I would love nothing more. I would be elated. And, you know, I've talked about this with you and like, like our group texts that we have with our Michigan fan friends. And, you know, I talked to my buddy that I went to the Michigan hockey game with and his dad. We we're both Michigan fans and um, we are all kind of in agreement. Like if Michigan somehow can beat Ohio State and they go to the Big Ten championship and they lose to like Wisconsin, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even be that upset. No, <laughs> I would just be happy that we finally got over that um, Ohio State hump. Got finally got that monkey off our back. Yeah, well, that that would accomplish two things that Michigan hasn't done. One, beating Ohio State, and then two, going to going to the Big Ten. To, forget what, just even winning it, just going. Yeah. Michigan hasn't gone yet. Yeah. So, yeah, no. It's like, worry about that once you get there. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's what we're... Uh, we're looking at now from the Maryland game, quick thing before moving on, they showed that there is kind of, could quote unquote be speed in space. But I agree with you. Like they can't do that too much because Michigan's defense and thrives on being able to be well rested because of the offense, giving them a break. So they, they don't necessarily want the offense to go out there and throw like a two play touchdown drive every, every time. Yeah, because the defense needs to be rested, so they they do need some of that. But there is the possibility that they do have some of those bigger plays drawn up. I don't know. Who knows? We haven't seen it really, but who knows? Um, game locks of the week. Then uh, jumping over to that, uh, I've got the Big Ten. I am surprised by this. Michigan State has their final home game of the season. Uh, two big contract extension discussion coaches facing off as Penn State goes to Michigan State. Penn State's favored by one point. Weird. What has anyone seen that makes them think that they can go into Michigan State and you know be a one-point favorite? If it was at Penn State, I would you know maybe think otherwise. Maybe think that that's okay, but weird. Anyways, I think Michigan State easily covers um, being the one-point underdog. Rock. Yeah, I could definitely see that. So. And my lock of the week, um, I'm sticking with the Patriots. So the Patriots are a six-and-a-half-point favor over the Titans. Ooh, the Titans are the like number one in the NFL right now. The Patriots are coming off are coming in hot like they've had a, quite a few pretty good games lately and Mac Jones is really coming in in his own but you know at the same time even without Derrick Henry I still think the Titans are going to win this game so they're going to cover that six and a half okay so hold on the Patriots are favored yeah the Patriots are six and a half um favorite and you you have them covering versus the Titans no, I have the tight. I meant, I meant to say, I have the Titans winning the game, so okay. they're going to beat the spread. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um. <clears throat> okay. Got that down. Uh, question of the week. So, real quick, I know we're kind of pushing a little along here, but there was something that I wanted to mention uh, that kind of set up my question of the week. 
Um, I asked a couple of questions on Twitter today of when was the last time Michigan had a player with over hundred yards receiving against Ohio state. That was, uh, Chesson had, um, that in what year? Uh, Chesson in 2015. So that's been long enough. And then uh, the last player to have 100 yards rushing in against Ohio State was Robinson in 2012. That's not Gosh. too surprising. Yeah. And then so the last time that Michigan had a rusher and a receiver over 100 yards, both of them against Ohio State, was 2003. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, let me just tell you this right now. For Ohio State, it was much, much much, much, much less than that. So, yeah, it has not been a problem for them. Here's my question, though. It's it's kind of it's got three possible choices. Which one of these three things will happen on Saturday? Michigan has a player rush for over 100 yards. Michigan has a player with over 100 yards receiving, or neither. Hmm. I'm going to say the receiver just because that Ohio State pass defense isn't the best. Mm -hmm. And that that is actually exactly why I chose as well. (laughs) So I have a feeling it's going to be that or neither. So, yeah. Yay. Same. What do you have for your Lions question? Um, We kind of answered it with our score prediction, but the over-under that both teams in the Lions game combine for 32 points. I'm going to say under. 32 points. Yeah, mine would would easily be under that. Gosh, what was my total? 25? Yeah, 25. (laughs) Mine was 30. Oh, man. Yeah. Outside of that first game, Lions haven't really done squat. No, not at all. So, and the offense is by far the the worst mm-hmm. part of the team. So, all right. Well, like I said, that was kind of long. So, definitely going to jump off here. Uh, if anybody ever wants to call in like Steven does and leave his voicemail, you can call 551 258 3276. We hope you all have a great holiday week. Um, and yeah, we will be catching you all on the flip side of these games this week, and we will see what has to be said uh, after the fact. That's how kind of leave it at that, I guess. So uh, finishing things off with then, go blue. Go blue.